Thank you for listening to the Magenta Maven. My guest is a local performer at In Cahoots here in Jacksonville, Florida, Stevie Artois. So I'm here with Stevie Artois. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm just fine. Where are you from? Well, I'm actually born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I lived here for predominantly like 18, until I was like 17, 18. And then I actually um, moved to or went to college for a short period in South Carolina and then actually moved out to Texas and lived there for five years and actually just recently moved back like three years ago. So, but born and raised, Duval County, baby. <laughs> Duval. <laughs> so <how> did- Duval. <laughs> so how did you end up going to Texas from South Carolina? Yeah, so I actually went to a very conservative um, college, uh, Bob Jones University, if you know of it, Um, very anti-gay, very, very Southern Baptist. Um, But my dad actually moved out to Texas, his partner at the time and him had a business. And I moved out there um, to kind of help them run everyday functions, do like some, um, he was actually uh, raising alpacas and llamas. So I was kind of out there to low key start my life away from kind of that lifestyle of the Southern Baptist. And then um, I was kind of uh, brought on to like as a farmhand, but then I low key just started my everyday life out there. So when you said your dad's partner. Yeah, my dad is uh, Tony Tyndall um, and he's gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So pretty cool, I guess. What were you like as a child? Oh, very flamboyant, very out loud, um, always bubbly, always the one picked on for being like feminine, very outspoken, very that girl. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I actually have two twin sisters, uh, stepsisters, and then I have an older brother, and then I also have a younger brother. So when you came out, I'm well I'm sure your dad was okay with it, but when you came out, how was the rest of your family? Well, it's a touch subject when it comes to my family. Um, I never really quote unquote like I wanna don't wanna say like I never had my coming out moment. I just like low-key chose to live like how I want to live and being gay is just a part of that. Um my my mom's side of the family didn't take it well, but we also it's kind of a really weird scenario that I find myself in sometimes with my parents. Um, my parents are, of course, are religious. And um, so from the standpoint of them, like homosexuality is wrong. But at the same time, my mom uh, knows that I'm her child. We just choose not to talk about the homosexuality, which for a long time was like, I was like, oh, I have to be respectful of my mom. But now I've been in a committed relationship for now almost two years and like I've chosen that like it's not a respect thing it's more of me um respecting myself correct and being being you yeah like it's I don't mean anything ill will against my mom or my parents or anything but like I'm not going to be at the end of the day I'm not going to go live that lifestyle and be put in such a terrible mental place which I was at when I was kind of stuck in that environment um, and now I'm out here living my best life. Like, uh, like I'm just not going to go do that. You know? Oh, yeah, I understand. I mean, that's kind of like I'm from Tennessee, from, um, mm-hmm. well, a little bit right outside of Chattanooga. 
And that's kind of how it was with my family. And then when mm-hmm. I moved away, my mom didn't really didn't really like that I moved away, but she mm-hmm. said that she knew that I had to move away to be happy. Yeah. And like for a long time, I, uh, it was a touchy subject with me leaving to Bob Jones to go to Texas to live with my dad. Of course, with my dad being gay and my parents being religious, they were uh, worried that like what would happen to me, you know, I would fall away, quote unquote, from the church, blah, blah, blah. But yet, like, I've been gay since I was like, you know, I can remember, I've always liked boys. And like, I literally, quote unquote, got in trouble for kissing a boy in kindergarten. I think that's one of the things that they think about. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, just because you're gay, uh, that you can't be religious or believe in God right. or anything like that. I think that uh, people have that perception, um, especially if they I'm not really sheltered themselves, I guess, as children or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I know at the end of the day that, um, and my mom and I have had some pretty good conversations in the past, like uh, it's a a better relationship than it was, I would say, three years ago when I was living in Texas. Um, Like I know at the end of the day, my parents love and care for me. It's just, I'm not going to listen to them tell me that, oh, I'm, I'm living in sin because I'm gay or that I'm living with a man when I'm like, this is what I'm not doing anything. I'm not choosing this like i i love who i love and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna back oh, down from that is understandable so what did you want to be as a child uh as a kid i wanted to be a doctor <clears throat> um i wanted to go to medical school and i was actually very very intrigued and i'm still very intrigued with like psychology and why people work the way they work and what did you take when you were in college what um what was your major uh, well, um, when I was at Bob Jones, the Christian University, um, it was called, quote, unquote, biblical counseling. Um, I only did like a year and a half there, and that didn't end well. So I actually started taking classes in um, tech, at Texas, in Texas. And um, I was taking like basic courses, math, science, languages, chemistries. Um, I also had a, a lot of psych classes as well. And did you have any role models? I mean, I I find role models everywhere. Um, while I was in school, I definitely was very close to one of my best friends in Texas. Um, her name was Cheyenne. And then I also had another really good friend, Evan. I was really close with their family. And especially, like, her mom was, like, there when I really needed her. And, like, I found a lot of role models in Texas. Predominantly, they're always strong women. So tell me about the first time that you did drag. Oh my God. Um, it was, uh, when was that? I want to say 2015, 2016, that I quote unquote first put myself in drag. Um, I went out in a shake and go Halloween black wig. I didn't really shave that well. I didn't have any sort of body. I wore like booty shorts that I had Halloween red tights wearing and then I had like knee-high right like cowboy rider boots so like not even a heel looking busted as hell but I was living my fantasy baby oh now I did it myself the very first time I mean (laughs) (laughs) so what about your first time doing drag on stage 
I mean, uh, that was so wonderful. I did it at uh, my very first time in drag. I was in Texas. I was at a, a club called uh, South Beach Houston. They had these amateur competitions, where which Houston is such a such a big city. They have like three or four had three or four like gay bars, um, really super kind of compact in the same area. And um, South Beach was like I would say, like what Metro is, but if Metro was on like steroids. So very big dancing. Um, and then what the, I think it was Thursday nights they had. Um, I went out wearing some, I believe it was Forever 21 or maybe Target, some like lacy black dress. And I did some Doolipa song um, and I was living my fantasy, baby. So what, um, how did you get your name? Well, I actually started drag as Stevie Winters because my favorite season is mm-hmm. winter. But then um, while kind of quote unquote starting drag, because I didn't really settle on a name till after I started performing, I met one of my dearest friends. Her name is Stella Archwat. She does drag. Um, she was in New York City, but she was also um, a friend of mine that I met in Houston. She moved to New York to follow her dreams. She lived there for a long time. And like, we kind of, I would say like, she took me under her wing, but like we started drag at the same time. So it's not like she's my drag mm-hmm. mom, but she's like my drag sister. So, um, and we just took, have the same name. Um, and that's how I uh, became an archwat was I got really drunk one night with my friend Tori and we FaceTimed uh, my friend Stella. And I was like, you know what? We're all going to be uh, archwats. We're, going to be sickening we're going to be the best next thing and mind you i'm wearing some shake and go wig some busted 301s not, it, probably not even a 301 probably some wispy lash thinking i was the next woman baby have you entered any pageants um since you've been oh yes i actually just recently entered my first pageant you know before the world shut down because oh. of corona um i competed for miss Incahoots newcomer 2020 and it was such a sickening experience i love in cahoots because you know i work there quite often um and i love the cast there i love stacy diva sophia Kelly. uh they have become such a family for me it was such a blast to like get out there get on that stage um really show and shine and like present what i what i thought stevie would really present in her first pageant um yeah i didn't win uh, but you don't win oh, all of them. Um, but it was, yeah, especially your first one. I mean, there are some girls who do that because they're sickening. Um, but I definitely made a lot of a- amateur mistakes and I got a lot of really good feedback. Um, so the next one that I'm kind of looking forward to or uh, the next one I really set my mm-hmm. eyes on, I'm really going to sit down and kind of focus on those critiques. And it was such a like such a great experience. Yeah, a lot of people, they think when they receive bad reviews that it's just, bad and that's the end but you know you gotta take it as (laughs) constructive criticism i mean at the end of the day not everyone's gonna love what you're presenting but like you also have to realize at the end of the day uh i'm also just a man cross-dressing so you know what first like attracted you to drag to drag well in houston i had a lot of friends who were in the drag community or like they were just fresh out to start like um one of my really good judies um i is rufy dubois she is in Houston. She is one of the most sickening girls. She is a newer queen, uh, but she's really taking Houston by storm. 
Um, and I had a lot of a lot of friends just in the Houston community that I looked up to. I became friends uh, with another girl named Petty. We became close friends. And um, so then I got really interested in just uh, like, you know, I'm like, I see my friends do this. They're sickening or what I thought was sickening, you know, at that time, like because, you know, everyone starts somewhere, you know. But and then I was like, you know, I'm going to try this. I really enjoy like theater and I love like being over the top for no reason. And that was an extension of it. So what is like the best piece of advice that you've received so far? Um, I would say that um, don't pick the low bearing fruit. I have been told this. I was told this by Sindel, who also I hear it from Corliss Todd all the time. And it, and it just means to me, like, you don't have to, like, not everything is worth taking a shot at. So people are always going to come at you with some kind of crazy stuff. And not everyone deserves a response. Not everyone deserves your time. Not everything is worth the drama. That is some very good advice. I get that a lot from the ones that I do interviews with. So I think that it's that's mm-hmm. something big in probably in that community that uh, a lot of people learn when it comes to uh, to doing drag. Yeah, because at the end of the day, people are going to be problematic and people are going to be dramatic. And people sometimes uh, just try to test you just to try to test you. But sometimes it's not even worth responding. To. So what is one of your biggest failures and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure? That is quite the question. Um, I would really say, like, learning to trust myself. At, like, if I was the person I was, or not trust yourself, maybe being scared to be myself. If I was the person I am when I was, say, 13, 14, like, how different my life would be. The voice I would have to stand up for myself to make decisions when people kind of put me in these scenarios and I didn't really have a choice. When when a fool knows well that I had a choice, I just felt like I didn't have a voice at that time. So um, I would say that that probably. So what is like one common myth about drag that you would want to debunk? Well, everyone just thinks it's easy. As a someone who does, I would say, drag regularly, like, it's not just, for a lot of us, it's not just cross-dressing. It's not just playing dress up. Like, it becomes a way of life. Like, with corona, everything's shutting down. I'm really hurting for my sisters who rely heavily on drag. Like, um, I'm lucky enough, I have what I call a boy job. So what Dylan does, um, I have a job. I mean, they shut down for Corona, but um, I still had that kind of, that income coming in. Um, Well, meanwhile, a lot of people in the community, especially here in Jacksonville, rely so heavily on drag. And I think a big big myth, um, or I hear a lot from like newer girls is like, oh, this is just a lot of fun. And then they, um, this is just not that serious. And I'm like, there are people, there are legends in Jacksonville that I've worked alongside. And I'm like, this is not a joke to them. They take this very seriously. So I'm going to, I don't know if you've ever heard of the game Answer the Internet, but it's got some questions that I really like off of there. So I'm going to ask you a couple of those. Okay. Uh, you stay over at someone's house, and when you wake up, you realize that you pissed in their bed. 
Oh my god. <laughs> do you sneak out or do you tell them? Um, I honestly would probably tell them because I would need to know why I pissed the bed. So if we go into the doctor, if maybe I was a little litty titty and like I had too much, sorry girl, I'll clean your sheets, but I'm gonna tell you at the end of the day. And so I'll say one more. So would you rather be the most mm-hmm. attractive person in the world but blonde, the best singer in the world but Dale? Or the best chef in the world, but no sense of taste. So it's either be beautiful, be blind. Be a singer. Sing really fantastic and be deaf. I would probably go with singing fantastic. I mean, I know sign language, so like I could get away with being deaf. And I mean, I think I, I mean, I have a mediocre voice, but I would, I have always loved like music, musical theater. So Do you I sing karaoke? Um, when the occasion what? arises, I've been known to test What's the your karaoke go-to song? machine. Oh, um, honestly, do you want to know the truth? The last time I did karaoke, I did "I'm So Fancy" by Iggy Azalea, and just because I could do that rap part, and I learned took so much time to learn that rap part, my friend made me do it, and I was like, "Girl, I'll do it for you." <laughs> that would be a very hard one. Now the quality of it. Not not real sure how that was. So I heard that you do a really good Dolly Parton. Ah, yes. Um, yes, I love Dolly so much. I actually went to Dollywood with Corliss and our friend Mitchell, and it was such a blast. Literally, like, it's so cool because, like, looking up, I looked up to her ever since I was a kid. I always thought she was sickening, you know. Her story is fabulous. Like, she's basically a drag queen as a woman. Someone who would like stood out on her own, like so beautiful. And um, as a kid, like I just loved that. And her music was so beautiful. I grew up on that kind of like bluegrassy type of music, um, old uh, country music. And I, I just love her so much. Where can the listeners connect with you online? Oh, I'm always either on Twitter or Instagram, literally Facebook. I mean, it's 2020. Like, Either your phone is in your hand or you're ignoring somebody. Or you're hiding something. (laughs) Yeah. That part. No, but I mean, I'm easily reachable on either probably Instagram or Facebook, whatever, honestly. So I'm sure during your life that you've experienced some highs and lows. So what lesson or lessons do you wish that you had known earlier in life? Um, I would say the biggest lesson I learned is something I actually heard from Sandra Todd, who I deeply admire and love. Like, she is literally liquid gold. She is the sweetest, purest person. She told me, um, it's nice to feel important, but it's more important to be nice. And then sometimes in scenarios that you you want to get frustrated, you want to get flustered. And the type of person I am, I get really, really flustered. And, like, sometimes you lash out, you react. And um, I wish sometimes as a... Older person as I am now, or oh, I say older, I'm not really that old. I wish I knew that. Sometimes you choose the you choose the decision that is the nicer decision because the ramifications of that aren't worth what is going to happen. Meaning, um, <clears throat> if I choose to undercut somebody to make myself look better, it's not worth it. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't? Oh, you want the ju- you want the juicy gossip. Um, I don't, I don't really know. I feel like I'm always talking to myself. So I'm always asking myself questions. 
Um, I would say uh, what I would say what inspired you to do what you do. Like, why do you do drag at the end of the day? Uh, I'm a performer. I love to get out there. I love to perform. I just feel like I really can connect with people. And I've met a lot of people. Um, I've had a lot of my girlfriends come up and say, you know, I I love drag so much because it helps them escape, you know, what they're going through, kind of their mental it like their mental health. Um, and especially in the time that we live in, like I um, use my drag to kind of uplift people. Um, but at the same time, I'm really being true to myself and just kind of expressing who I am through Stevie. Well, thank you very, very much for letting me do this interview with you. Of course, of course, it was fabulous. I want to thank you, my guests, for joining me and letting me interview you. I would also like to thank you, my listener, for taking the time to enjoy all my interviews. Please like, subscribe, and share our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Magenta Maven, M-A-V-A-N. I would also like to hear your comments on the show. If you have any ideas, please leave them as well. Again, thank you for listening.